0: Welcome to It's Not a Crisis. I am your host, Doran Wallach. I'm an entrepreneur, a mother of two, a wife, and a 40-something trying to figure out what is happening in this decade. Why is no one talking about it? I created this podcast to help women in their late 30s and 40s to figure out what is going on in our mind, body, soul, and life. We may laugh, we may cry, we may get frustrated, but most importantly, My goal is to make this next chapter of life positive. I'm also full of my own questions, and I'm here to go on this journey with you. So let's do it together. Hi, everyone. I cannot believe it's almost February. How did that happen? Don't you feel like March happened and then everything else is fuzzy? Until then, that's kind of how I feel. Anyway, today's episode, I have a really interesting guest, and she does something I've never heard of before. And I had to have her on because not only am I having her talk about what she does, but she has worked with PMDD patients because she had it herself and and cured it through this type of therapy, but um, many other things for women has she cured through this therapy. So when I contacted Natalie, we had our first conversation. I said, okay, here's the deal. I want to interview you before, and then I want to go through this therapy with you, and I want to talk about the experience after. So this is our initial interview. She talks about what she does. And then I'm going to go through the program and hopefully come back a new person after all of this. But you're going to love Natalie and her voice is so relaxing. You'll understand why she does what she does and maybe get sleepy. But don't fall asleep because then you'll miss the podcast. Natalie Ryan Hebert is a rapid transformational therapy practitioner and coach. What is that? Well, you're going to have to listen to hear a little bit more. She was born in Australia and she now lives in Copenhagen, Denmark with her husband and four kids. Working with clients all over the world via Zoom, Natalie helps people to rewire their minds and in turn change their lives using RTT, a hybrid therapy combining the best of hypnotherapy parts therapy, inner child work, and NLP to bring transformative results. Natalie has worked with all sorts of issues from weight release to money blocks to confidence, fear of flying, quitting smoking, but the area closest to her heart is helping women with premenstrual mood issues, primarily PMDD or premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Doran. I am so excited to have you today. Um, Rapid transformational therapy. So you had contacted me through Instagram, as I'd mentioned uh, before in the intro. But I- I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to start doing this process with you. And I think that I've never heard of it before. So uh, I'm glad to have you here giving information about it. And I just want to start with how, how did you even get started in this? <laughs>
1: Well, so I had a psychology degree, which I'd never actually used, but I always knew I wanted to go back to therapy. I did a whole singer-songwriter thing and I worked in marketing, did all this other stuff but I was burning to get back into therapy. I knew that probably had a real knack for, I'm the one that everyone would talk to in the lunch breaks about all their stuff. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> so, me. I'm that yeah, person. <laughs> you know, where you go, oh, I shouldn't be in marketing. What am I doing? Am I doing? <laughs> you know, so I always knew I wanted to get into it. And so I came across Marissa Peer, who developed rapid transformational therapy, and she's an amazing, very inspiring woman. She's sort of the one that, the, that Hollywood calls if they're having problems with their actors and they need them sorted out like right away so they can get back on set. And so she's the best at what she does really in, in the world, I think. Um, and the results that she gets with this therapy are sort of um, almost miraculous, like you almost can't believe it to start with. But she developed this therapy, Rapid Transformational Therapy, RTT, um, over 30 years. And it combines the most effective principles of hypnotherapy, NLP, psychotherapy, timeline therapy, inner child work, all the best of that is rolled into one. And it can clear stuff that you might have been dealing with for years, like depression, anxiety, phobias, uh, what else can I, smoking, addictions, within one to three sessions. Wow. Yeah. So I actually saw a video of hers and then I went, bloody hell, who, this is unbelievable. And then I just kind of went down this Marissa Peer rabbit hole, you know, where you just keep watching. <laughs> <Yes>. more- <laughs> you
0: just get obsessed with something. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I
1: just kept watching her and watching her going, okay. And then I discovered that, oh, she's actually teaching this therapy and I went, okay, that's it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what I'm born for. Um, so I trained with Marissa and learned her therapy and it's it's changed my life like it's um personally it's changed my life like all the crap that i had been carrying that i'd been working on for years doing all the personal growth and the self-help books and the you know meditation the yoga and all that stuff just kind of cleared everything in a very short space of time and if anything does come up like if i find i'm triggered by anything now i go oh what was that (laughs) and I want to just have RTT to sort it out whether it's money blocks receiving issues I mean once you it's not just for depression anxiety PMDD things like that it's also I mean, any blocks even as you keep moving up and growing you think oh why do I feel a bit scared to do a Facebook live for example like something as basic as that well you've got visibility fears honey so you can have RTT on that why am I afraid so it's really it's an incredible therapy.
0: Explain exactly what it is, because you know there, uh, there's so much out there today that I, I I find it extraordinarily overwhelming. And but I am very open-minded, and not that this podcast is going to be about PMDD, but I had read that it had really uh, cured your PMDD, and so as I've mentioned before, I have tried everything. Uh, And I will continue to try anything and everything uh, if it works. So tell us what RTT exactly is and how it differs from other types. I mean, you just went over it a little bit, but what is the process of RTT? So
1: hypnosis is the vehicle because really we need to get to the subconscious. You can do all the conscious work you like, but you will not get to, not likely, the real root cause of what's underneath. The best way I can probably explain it is with an example from a client. So, my client, let's call her Maria. She came to me because she said, I have been trying to lose weight for years. I'm about 20 kilos, it's like, I don't know, 40 pounds overweight. And I get the first 10 pounds off, and then self sabotage kicks in every time. All my good eating habits go to the dogs. I don't feel like exercising, and then all the weight piles back on again and I said okay well let's find out what's driving this self-sabotage because there's a subconscious belief that's why it's you know it's willpower versus subconscious
0: by the way when that happens to me I'm like oh I'm so skinny I can eat now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean there's probably part of us that you know just in nature says okay you know go and have that cheesecake but for her this was uh this was an ongoing battle and she thought and I want to lose this weight. Willpower wanted to lose the weight. Consciously, she wanted to be 20 kilos lighter. Her subconscious said, that ain't happening, sister. And so she went, okay, why? Why? What is this? And she said to me, look, I think I know what it is. And I said, oh, yes. What do you think it is? (laughs) And she said, well, I think it's because my mum was really jealous of my figure when I was younger. And I said, yeah, it's not that. And she Mm -hmm. goes, what What do you mean it's not that? And I said, well, you're aware of that, Maria. So... If it were that, you would have fixed it by now, wouldn't you? You wouldn't, you go, well, I'm not not a teenager anymore. I don't care what my mum thinks now. She goes, oh gosh. She goes, well, what can it be? And I said, well, we'll find out, won't we? (laughs) So the process is I put her into hypnosis, which is very easy. And it's just a light, it's a light hypnosis. You're in control. You could open your eyes at any time if you really wanted to. And I take her back to three to four scenes from her life that have everything to do with the root, the cause, and the reason for why you are sabotaging your weight loss efforts. And every scene she went back to and the subconscious will just popped the scene onto the screen of your mind. And I said, okay, and where are you? Oh, I'm at home. And how old are you? I'm five. And what's happening here? My dad's taking pictures of me in my swimsuit. Okay. And how are you feeling? Uncomfortable. And so the scene goes on and she, he's nothing bad's happening in particular, but it's just like, ugh, he seems to think I'm too attractive and I don't like the way my dad is looking at me and taking pictures of me. So that's the first scene. Next scene, she wins a trophy in swimming and her granddad says to her, oh, Maria, would you give me a picture of you and your swimmers holding the trophy so I can put up on my mantelpiece? Again, she gets the same feeling of, ew, i do not like this attention I'm getting for my body. I don't want him to be looking at me in my swimmers. Third scene: she's at a family birthday party. There's some uncle in inverted commas there, <laughs> some friend of the family, some old guy. Oh, come on, Maria, come and sit up on Uncle Harry's knee. She's like, oh, I don't want to, and her dad's going, Go on, go on, go and sit up on, go and sit on on Harry's knee, go on. So she's like six years old, she goes over and she doesn't want to, she doesn't like it. And he's touching her thigh going, oh, you're a lovely little girl, aren't you? And nothing all that bad happens. But again, it's this feeling of, "Ugh, I don't like the attention I'm getting from my body. So of course, her clever little subconscious says, well, I know if we make sure that you're always just, if you're not too slim and you're not too attractive, you won't get that unwanted attention, will you? And that's what was underneath
0: and that's she kind of, wasn't aware of that at all. She until was not
1: you in the slightest way aware of it. So then we have to undo it. And that's, that's the next part of the process where she as her adult self goes back to little Maria and says, listen, honey, you know, when you're older, this won't, this won't feel this way. And you know, that you're not in danger, you're safe. And I've got you and I'm always going to look after you and I'm always going to protect you. And I won't let anyone come near you who's, you know, who you don't feel safe with. And so you're completely safe. You can run around in your swimmers and you can be slim and beautiful and gorgeous. And, and I want that for you. And so she has a pep talk with her younger self. It's sort of like going back in a time machine and fixing everything back in time psychologically in your, in your mind so that you don't have that belief. You undo it. And then she also is able to remove the part that may, that is running that sabotage and say, listen, I don't need you. Thanks for your help. But I want to look hot in my bikini. I'm 47. You know, my dad, he's welcome to pervert me all day long. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's the difference. And then it's like shift and her mind changes. And when she comes out of that hypnosis, she's got a new set of beliefs. And then her behavior changes because the beliefs run the behavior.
0: When I hear hypnosis, so I, I can't even meditate. I, I barely I can focus. My head is all over the place. So anytime I've heard about hypnosis, and I'm sure somebody else is thinking this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. There's no way anyone could ever make me to that place? Because I'm typically somewhat anxious and my mind is processing. Is that a common uh, fear of your patients? Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: You know, and I work with a lot of women who have PMDD and anxiety is a huge part of that. So I'm used to having clients come to me that are like, oh, what if it doesn't work? And what if do And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now listen to me now. <laughs> oh, but I can't visualize. And I go, okay, do you know the way back down to the front door? And they say, yeah. And I go, and how do you know that? you're seeing it aren't you oh yeah I am actually <laughs> and the other thing I think that the thing that people are afraid of with hypnosis is they think they're going to lose control they have this idea of this stage hypnotist making them turn into a chicken
0: all right well I think that's my other thing I'm a control freak I think that's the
1: thing I'm not going to be able to let go When mm-hmm. I say well, look all hypnosis is self hypnosis for the first thing the second thing is you cannot do anything unless you want to do it. Even people who get up on stage and act like chickens, they're chosen because they are kind of up for it and the the stage hypnotist knows that. It's like if I said to you, look, from tomorrow you're going to dye your hair green, but you're not going to because you don't want that. Your mind works for you. You're the gatekeeper, so you're going to be able to say, actually, I don't want that. And the hypnosis won't work. The suggestions will not work unless you want what I'm telling you that you want. So if I say, you are confident, you are amazing, you feel so great, you're not going to go, well, I don't want that. Right, right. <laughs> But You're going to go, yes, please, bring it on. Like, you know, and then you are the one commanding your subconscious mind saying, are you listening? Listen to that. That's what I want. That's what I insist upon for myself now. And so all the power is with you. So I, I think it's important I let my clients know, look, you are in the drive. You are the one in control here. I'm just a humble facilitator helping your subconscious and conscious mind have a little chat so that you can upgrade your operating system. But I'm not doing really, I'm not programming you, you are, and you're the only one who can. So that tends to help people to say, okay, yeah, well, I want that and I want to I let go and I want to have this experience. And, and I say, you can resist me if you want to, and it's not going to work, or you can just go with it and then it will work. Just
0: let go and it will work. Do you find that this is working better now for women over 40? Because I think we are at that age where we're letting go of a lot of stuff and we're becoming more open-minded as we get older.
1: I think the reason that so many of my clients are sort of 30s, 40s is because it's taken them that long to work out that they have PMDD. For one thing, people, women go undiagnosed for years with it. Yeah, there is that. Uh, readiness to heal. That's another thing. There are four stages of readiness to healing and it begins with victimhood and it ends with, I am willing to do whatever it takes. And that's where I want my clients to be. I don't want to drag them out of victimhood. I don't want to force a, try and drag a horse to water and make it drink. That's not what I want to do. I am, You're the power and I'm there to help you use that power. 30s and 40s is when a woman starts to go, I'm ready. I got to sort this out. I do not want the the next half of my life to be carrying all this
0: baggage. Yes. The whole point of my podcast. <laughs> That's, no, exactly. Yeah. Can you talk us through what happens in a typical RTT session? I, you know, I know you kind of went over it a little bit, but um, a little bit more in detail. So it starts with the induction. So I basically
1: have you put your eyes upwards, we create rapid eye movement. And that actually induces an alpha brainwave state. It's a bit of a hack, brain hack, I suppose, because when the eyes are up, your brain thinks, oh, oh, Doran's about to start dreaming. (laughs) No, she's not. But the brain sort of thinks, well, the eyes are doing REM, so now the brain's going to move to an alpha brainwave state, it's a slower, more suggestible brainwave state. And it's actually, it's the brainwave state that children are in up until about the age of seven. That's why they are so suggestible, little sponges. They learn languages really easily. Um, So that's where we need to get you back to so you can kind of edit the program that you laid down in your first seven years of life. So I put you into this, into hypnosis, walk you down some stairs, and then we test for suggestibility. I have a few little tests to see that your subconscious is responding the way we need it to.
0: And what do you do? What, what, what are those tests? Oh, I tell you, you've got a, a
1: really heavy bucket in your hand full of wet sand. And then your arm feels like it's made of lead. It'll start getting pulled down. <laughs> you're like, whoa. I'll tell you, your eyelids are sealed shut. They're locked tight. They're closed together. And you can try to open them, but you're going to find they're sealed shut. And they're like, they are too. I can't even open them. So because the subconscious is believing, or I'll tell you, you've You've just taken a bite of a lemon and now your mouth is filling with saliva because there's a lemon and your mouth does fill with saliva. So it's just testing that the subconscious is, is listening to the suggestions and responding. And then we regress back to three scenes where we go through and I find, okay, what are the core, what are the, what's the belief being formed here? And then it becomes pretty clear. Then I get you to say, right, here's your life today where this is, you've got this problem here. And here are the scenes that your subconscious brought to you to tell you, well, here's why. Now put that together. What do you understand? Client understands that. Of course, the subconscious is right there to help them. I do lots of other things. If someone's done something wrong to you, a parent or anyone in your life who's hurt you, there's um, dialoguing with the hurter that we do. So you can you know, really release a lot of stuff that you may never get to say. Sometimes I've had clients whose parents have passed on And they've never got to have this conversation. And they can have that in hypnosis. It's very healing. What else do we do? Upgrading the child. I mean, going going back as the adult self, talking to that little child, saying, I'm becoming a loving parent to you now. And I know just how to meet your needs. And listen, I know you thought you weren't good enough when this happened, but you are good enough. You've always been good enough. So having that talk with your younger self, bringing your younger self back to where you are now, saying, look how different everything is. Look at all the food in the fridge. We buy that for ourselves now. You have the control now. Look at all the clothes in the cupboard. They're all yours that you've bought. Showing the child that you do have power now. You're not the dependent child you used to be. You end up growing up to be strong and independent. And then at the end of all of the upgrading and the releasing and the dialoguing, then I create a recording. And that's called the transformation. And all that's in it is just a whole lot of awesome, positive suggestions. Um, and because the mind rewires through repetition, neural pathways form. Neuroplasticity is that the neurons that fire together wire together. So we fire a thought when, we, you know, we, when I give you a suggestion, you're thinking, if I'm telling you, you feel amazing, you feel alive, you feel confident, or, and I give very you know, scenarios of what that would look like, you're visualizing that. Your mind's moving towards it and it starts to wire that in as your reality. And then you listen to the recording for 30 days and that's, that's RTT kind of, you know, yeah, the best explanation I can give of it without you
0: actually having the session. No, that, that was, that was a great explanation. What, what, happens if, if somebody doesn't come up with something, what do you do oh, then?
1: Oh, I've got all sorts of tricks. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah, good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I can take them back to the bedroom that they were in when they were a child. They can have a talk to that child. Gosh, you know, that just so rarely ever happens that, that something doesn't come. Maybe one in a hundred clients or something where nothing comes. And then I say, okay, do you know what? You're going to have a primer recording to listen to. You're going to have a little practice with that for a week. And then we're going to come back and we're going to try again. And it's going to go great the next time. And then, you know, and then it usually goes great the second time.
0: I want to ask you about sleep because I can't explain my sleep situation. I just, I can fall asleep. I do wake up a couple of times. I can go back to sleep. Uh, I have vivid, vivid dreams that I have my whole life. And I've never woken up feeling rested. I've tried everything under the moon for that. Is this something that RTT can help with? Yeah, sure, because
1: anything that you basically is like, I don't want this, but the behavior's there, like consciously, I just want to sleep through the night, but something inside of me thinks it's important or necessary for me to be hypervigilant all night long, well, why is that there? And well, you don't know why, but your subconscious does, because it's running it. So that's what I would say. We're going to go back now to the root, the cause, and the reason for why you wake up during the night. And then your mind will go, oh, sure, I'll tell you why I'm doing that. And it'll take you back to why that's an issue. And it'll be different for everybody. But, you know, there's something there that it thinks it's protecting you. It's always about protection, keeping you safe.
0: You just triggered something in me, which is is really funny. Um, And it's not that funny, but my dad used to snore a ton. My parents got divorced when I was nine, but my dad snored a lot. And all night long, I could hear, my, my room was right near my parents, all night night long, I could hear my mom going, Larry, stop snoring, stop snoring. Mm-hmm. And that would cheer me up, because I would mm-hmm. hear her doing that all night. Now, now I'm starting to understand what you're talking about, because that randomly popped in my head. I haven't thought about that in years.
1: Exactly. Because <laughs> you know, your subconscious is always on, and you don't necessarily have to be in hypnosis to have the subconscious pop up with mm-hmm. A clue, <laughs> right? right. Um, in the in the program I have for PMDD, I teach a process that you can do for yourself to kind of give yourself a little rapid, rapid, rapid transformational therapy. Like find that what's triggered this, what's the feeling, where do I know this feeling from? And you just me talking about that, your mind went, your mind did it, it and, and it probably has something to do with that. Where you sensed your mum's agitation, and then you became hypervigilant, going, Oh, I hope doesn't, dad doesn't snore, because then mum's going to get upset. Um, so you sort of maybe started to switch on trying to make sure that their relationship would be okay. Because if their relationship isn't okay, then I'm not okay. So there was a hypervigilance that came in the night that could be around your dad snoring, could easily be about that, could also be something else, but your subconscious will show you in the session. And then you go, oh, that's why. And then you realize, well, I'm not that nine-year-old girl and I don't live with my parents
0: anymore. And now I just live with my husband who snores. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, history repeats, doesn't it? <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, and I guess, yeah, there is also a little bit of that, that we, that we carry down things and we repeat things too. But- oh,
0: for sure. For- and do you? So I know that for you, this cured your PMDD, and and I've done quite a few episodes on PMDD now. Explain exactly how it helped you. What what were you like before doing the uh, the therapy, and what were you like after? I
1: would just make mountains out of molehills. Feel I was completely right about it. Get very very upset, get very very angry, <laughs> cause all sorts of like just drama, 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 and then my period would come, and then I'd go, ah, oh, well that wasn't over. What? Why? Hang on. Why was I even? A, what? Was, I can. Mean, I couldn't get in the same mindset. I was just like, I cannot understand why I made such a big deal out of that. It was just such magnification of the smallest things. And here's, do you want to hear what I know about, what I now understand about PMDD? This is what PMDD is, according to me, <laughs> in okay. my humble humble yet very experienced opinion. PMDD is the hormonal shift, there's three things that create PMDD, these are the three things, hormonal shift, unresolved trauma, and higher than usual sensitivity. If you have all three, then good chances you're going to have... PM, you're going to experience premenstrual dysphoria. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. You've got them all. Like, like so many of my clients are nurses, artists, yoga instructors, like ridiculously, <laughs> like over the, the two, so many. Who, and they're all creative, empathetic beings, therapists, nurses, Primary school teachers, artists—you know, like yourself—you do jewellery design that that requires creativity. So, creative, empathic women who have a cycle because the hormonal shift kind of the oestrogen just goes bye bye, and you get that's the accommodating hormone. And once the oestrogen goes and the progesterone peaks, now you've got truth serum. And anything that's sort of been stuck below below the surface before is now right at the surface. I use a lot of metaphors. It's like a box of pain opens up that's just usually hidden to you, but the box of pain opens up. It's like a magnifying glass goes on top of that, and it's all you can see and feel. You can go and take antidepressants if you want, that'll dampen the sensitivity. So that's one way. You can just get rid of your monthly cycle, have a hysterectomy, and get rid of it that way. Or option three, which is what I do. You can heal the trauma that's being triggered every single month because if you look at what's triggered, what you'll find is, and if you sit with it, what's actually happening is your childhood wounds are being pushed upon. And that's definitely true for me when I look at what I'm angry about what I'm, and what meaning I'm assigning to, for example, my husband's actions. Oh, he's, he's late and he hasn't even texted to tell me he's going to be late. Well, that can only mean he doesn't even care about me or no, it could mean a hundred other things, but I'm focusing on the one that's going to hurt me the most. And that's pointing to my wound. And that's what I sort of work with women on, you know, what do you, what story are you telling yourself about what this means? Because that is a direct (laughs) link to where you are wounded. You're not upset about your husband being late. You're upset because you think he doesn't care about you. And you think he doesn't care about you because your dad didn't care about you when your parents divorced and he left and he didn't call for six months. That's why you're so upset right now. That's what we need to heal. Not that your, your husband didn't text you. Whatever. It's nothing. It's, it's the wound and there's a grain of salt that's hit the wound and now you're getting angry at the person who threw the grain of salt. No, the wound is the problem and that's what we heal with RTT.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that you bring this up because I think that there are women who don't want to get to the root Cause of some of their anxiety, depression, and and I had actually interviewed um, my doctor, who's a reproductive psychiatrist, and and uh, I had asked him, "Is trauma commonly found in women with PMDD?" Um, and he said, "Absolutely. You know, we've we've definitely found a link to that." So I think if you're until maybe two years ago, I I never did my like real inner child work in therapy. I, just, I was very like, eh, whatever, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I found that. Mm-hmm. Right. I just like, I'm the type of person that's like, I, it's in the past. I'm just going to ignore it, which is the worst that you could do. I mean, it's intense when you start going into it because you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to think about this anymore or do this. However, it does heal you in ways and and help you kind of move forward from things. So I love that. That's part of this, and I think it's a, a really important thing. to Everybody should do it. But then it also, by the way, it makes me very nervous as a mom that I'm screwing my kids up, and then oh, they're going to be yeah. doing their child's work, which they will be. Yeah, that's right,
1: and you have to say, Darlene, you're going to have to become the loving parent to yourself, you know, <laughs> eventually one day, yes. And do you know the other thing, Doran, is the things that you think, oh, gosh, I'm sure I've messed them up from that. That's probably the thing that's not messing them up. And the thing that is going to mess them up is some interpretation they make, which is completely out of your control. So look, we do our best. That's all we can do. And we can say to our children, honey, guess what? I'm not perfect. The best thing you can say to your child is, I'm not perfect.
0: I say it all the time. Yeah, I do too. I tell him it's not a word. That's like, uh, there's no such thing as perfection. And it's funny, this morning I said to my son, he was watching Pokemon, and the mom the mom said, you know what, being a mom is the hardest job in the world or something. And he goes, Mommy, she said being a mom is the hardest job in the world. I said, yeah, it is. It's pretty hard. I said, you know, most nights I go to bed feeling like I failed you guys or I did something that 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 may affect you. And... He kind of looked at me like very confused. He's like, "You're a great mom," mm. and I mean, that's um, right, right. Yeah. And but my kids have never. I, I hate to say this; they don't often tell me I'm a great mom. <laughs> I don't. It's not like they're like, well, "You're you're the best mom." I don't hear that often. So to hear that today was like, "Oh, okay, yeah. that's good." Yeah. Something
1: about mum guilt that's I think is so important, if you want to, I think, because don't we all have it? And here's something I've learned about mum guilt. I had a friend, she's a singer, and she had to work a lot of nights, Not, I mean, a few nights a week. And she felt such guilt about this. And so I remember seeing her one day talk to her daughter, and she was so full of guilt. And she was saying, I'm so sorry, darling, but I mean, I've got to go out tonight, and I've got to sing tonight. And And the thing is, Her daughter was probably not going to think anything of it, but the child looks to the mother. And when the mother's saying, I feel so bad about this, the child says, oh, is this really bad, is it? Oh, you're doing something awful to me, are you? And now the child's going to think something's wrong because the mother is modelling there's something wrong. And I spoke to her and said, you know, you're such a great mum. And, you know, there are plenty of mums, you know, I have to start work earlier in the morning and i have to have my child in after school club because i don't finish work till later but you you get to have a breakfast with her you get to um, pick her up right when school finishes you have all afternoon together because you get to because you work in the evenings you have so much more time with her and she goes wow well, i didn't think of it like that and i said that's how you present it to her say we're so lucky we are so lucky because because mummy sings at nighttime, we get all this other time that other children don't get with their mummies. And now she's going to feel good about that, good about you going out and singing and how different that is. You know, we think and we can maybe convince ourselves if I just feel guilty enough, I'm sort of controlling or, or undoing what I think i have undoing the hurt, but actually you're creating it. Can you see, like, or not? Yes, can you see? That? No,
0: that's I do. I know that. That I mean, I'm sitting here with kind of with my mouth open. That's uh, it's amazing. It's uh, and, and and how have I never thought of it before? <laughs> when you think about all the. I mean, now I'm like, oh God, I've said things like that so many times. <laughs> yeah, the um,
1: the, the mum girl. It's you're telling them something, and they would otherwise have gone. Mm, I'm fine. I remember being a kid. My mom was working a lot. We owned a kindergarten, actually. My we had our house upstairs and the kindergarten downstairs. And my mum was so stressed. She was working her butt off down there in this kindergarten and it was killing her. And she's like, oh God, the mum guilt was eating her up. And I don't remember feeling neglected at all. I loved it. We we were down there playing with all the other kids in the kindergarten and I got to use all the craft things and the pencils and the glue and the paper. And meanwhile, my mum was eating her up herself up inside mum guilt thinking we were being neglected and I said I, they were the, some of the best times of my life I remember when we lived in that kindergarten she goes oh gosh I was so felt so guilty I said oh well, you didn't need to do that I didn't feel the least bit of you know neglect at all but had she said to me I'm so sorry darling oh I'm, I know I'm not there for you I'd be like oh aren't you oh gosh yeah this is bad isn't it but I was completely <laughs> oblivious, otherwise. So, yeah, this mom
0: is guilt. so, this is so, so, so great that you're talking about this because last night in our Instagram live, uh, a couple of women were t- were responding to mom guilt and how awful it is, and I said, "Ooh, that's a podcast idea. We, we need to talk. We need to talk more about guilt." So, um, I think that's a beautiful way to look at it, and, and just with that little piece of advice, you've you could change a lot of women's mothering. I wish. I wish I hadn't just heard that from you. And I have a thirteen-year-old, but (laughs) it's too late. Oh no! Well,
1: I've got four kids, and you know, if I knew back on child number one what I knew by child number four. Things would be things would be a lot better, you know. I wish I could go back with what I know, but that's life, you know. We just learn as we go along,
0: right? I, you know, I mean, I, I think that's that's a good thing to hear out loud because I think um, if anyone is listening with younger kids, I think it's part of being human, right? We're we're not, exactly what we just said. We're not perfect. We're learning, and I think the only thing that we can teach our kids one day is that listen, I, you know, life is a lesson, and we learned things as we. We went along, and um, so I, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you have four kids to make the rest of us feel better. I'm only screwing up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we got a little off track uh, about the the session because I know that you went through the process, uh, the hypnosis process, and, and and what what comes after that.
1: Oh well, then I make the I do the transformation at the end, which I was talking about, which is all just the positive stuff, and I make that as a recording. And then you listen to the recording for 30 days to solidify. So yeah, that's everything. And then we will follow up. Every day for 30 days? Every day for 30 days because the mind learns by repetition. So the more you hear the same thing over and over, your mind says, oh, okay, I may as well wire this in, save you saying it all the time. Um, it's a bit like riding a bike. You know, to start with, you have to concentrate on where it. I put my pedal, my feet on the pedals. And, you know, but then it becomes automatic. And that's what we want to do with the with the thoughts that I'm good enough, right? You want that to be your
0: automatic, wired-in setting. Do you remember there was an old Saturday Night Live? I don't know if you watched Saturday Night Live.
1: (laughs) I might have seen it, It depends, because it didn't work for all of it, yeah.
0: There was this um, character, I forget, it was like something handy or something, and he used to go, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and gosh darn it people like you or something like that he used to say it in the mirror over and over again <laughs> um, <laughs> affirmations yeah <laughs> he's an affirmation um god i don't remember what the character's name but it's actually kind of funny there's truth in that into hearing something over and over again just the way you hear something negative over and over again you're going to start to believe it as well well yeah
1: and you know most people's thoughts are negative all day long playing that old record over and over and over again in the background and that you know you We're sort of maintaining the wiring with the negative thinking. So that's why it's important to have this recording to come and undo that because the mind can't hold two conflicting beliefs. That's another rule of the mind that we work with, with RTT, that if you've got a belief that says, I'm not good enough, and then a recording comes in every day and says, you are worthy, you are lovable, you are enough, over and over and over again, the mind sort of starts going, it cannot compute, like, which one is it? (laughs) because <laughs> I'm hearing them both, and it will keep the one that it hears the most. So that's why it's important. There's a really good video, Joe Dispenza's TED Talk, that shows this, actually the neural pathways, exactly what happens. And once you see that, you just go, oh my gosh, mind blown, I can actually change my brain. And you'll understand why RTT works the way it does, that you really are rewiring your brain. And then once you've rewired it, it kind of works better for you.
0: What has been your most successful outcome with a client? Is there, is there one that sticks out in your mind? There's so many and I'm just going to pick one. So um, I'll pick
1: this as a, a PMDD client. She'd attempted suicide several times. She was on medication, quite strong medication. She'd been seeing a psychiatrist for two years. And she was on the waiting list for a hysterectomy and she came to me saying it's it's this is my last hope before i have my uterus and ovaries removed so she was really ready to do what it took which isn't that much RTT is a good experience you know it's not like I'm dragging you over hot coals this is a good experience but she did have to go back and revisit and heal some some heavy stuff from her past there was sexual abuse there's quite a lot of that I find in my clients the more I've done this work I thought damn it it's really it's rife isn't it you know this whole me Too too movement I see why it's there because it's the problem. So we did a lot of healing work and I mean the year before the, the moment for me where I just got goosebumps and tears was she sent me a message from Disneyland. She sent a picture of her with her husband and her daughter and she said this time last year my family went to Disneyland without me because I was in hospital after attempting suicide. And here I am now and we're having the best time and I'm due my period any day and I just feel great. I just feel like my best self. Um, and her whole life's changed. she's gone on to study a master's in psychology she's going to be a therapist herself by next year she's up out of bed every day six a m with her daughter she was she couldn't get out of bed for weeks at a time sometimes that's completely finished. she's just healed all of her all of her stuff that was creating all these issues she doesn't have p m d d she doesn't consider herself to have p m d d anymore Her psychiatrist went, I do not understand what's happened here <laughs> Uh, she's not on any medication. Like it's all, it's all just. She's just healed. She's a healed woman. When does she decide to go off the medication? Like,
0: what, when do you make that transition?
1: Well, I think you can feel it in yourself. And of course, I don't say, right, go off your medication. That's not my job. And I would never. That's a choice between her and her, her psychiatrist. But he said, Oh my, I can see that you physically, you look like a different person. Okay, well, let's taper it off and let's see if you're feeling confident. Let's taper it off and. So that's what she did. She just tapered off under his instructions, and now she doesn't have any medication. And her marriage too was hanging on by a thread. And now we're Facebook friends. I mean, of course, everyone's Facebook looks amazing. Right. <laughs> I'm not on there for
0: that reason. I'm like, I'm I got over it many years ago. <laughs> but I can see
1: there. There, I can see how things have really, really shifted for their relationship too. their you know, they're out on date nights and you can just see things are really good for them. And so that this, that's an amazing story. But yeah, there's, there's lots and lots of them. It's an amazing job.
0: Well, I am grateful to you for doing what you're doing and helping women, especially the women that do have PMDD. But I know that's not just that's just one thing that you treat. But thank you for dedicating your time to doing this, because uh, it, it's something I actually never heard about. Um, I'm I'm very excited to get started when we do. And I would like to I mean, at this point right now, I'm on birth control, I'm on antidepressants, I take something for sleep. I don't want to be on any of those. This is kind of the first time in my life where I've allowed to get on all of these things. So I am a good candidate for you. Yeah, I'm excited to start our work together. So it's yeah, it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be fascinating. You're gonna find it fascinating because I, I do. I mean and I've been I mean it's it's new, even though it's the same therapy every day, it's a different story all the time because everyone's life story is different and what's what's the puzzle that we need to put together. I mean, it's so it's so fascinating and fun and um and emotional and beautiful. Sure. But no, I mean I have to do this work because I know the pain of it. I know it I oh God, it was the worst suffering. It is hell week. It is and I, I couldn't just keep it to myself. I had to share my story. I have to share other women's stories and keep spreading this message that it's not a life sentence, or you know, until menopause, and you don't need to have a hysterectomy, and you don't need to stay on, on strong antidepressants. There is another way too, and um, I want to give women that hope. So you know, and you, you got to be ready for it. You know, like I said, there are stages of readiness. I certainly went through a stage where I just wanted to say, no, I've got PMDD, and that's why, and you know, that's the diagnosis explains everything, and that's my kind, that's my get out of overreactions free card (laughs) right right but in the end you know my husband said you know you're gonna have to master this and I felt like you try mastering it it's it's so hard and but he was right and that that was a a turning point for me when I realized well no one's coming to save me it's gonna have to be me and then you know when the student was ready the teacher appeared in the form of Marissa Peer and a YouTube ad before (laughs) and I just didn't press I didn't press skip all because I didn't press skip ad like like I usually would have done. The rest of my life has completely changed. So, you know, you never know how you're going to stumble across um what you need.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I I thank you so much for coming on and explaining this and obviously after we've done our work together, you are going to come back. Yeah, and then we can interview you and say, okay, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to reverse the interview. You're right.
1: No, uh, <laughs> you know, you can tell us. You can tell us all about it and um, yeah.
0: hear it from the client side. So
1: that'll be really interesting to hear.
0: Okay, and where can everyone find you?
1: So I'm kind of I'm on Instagram. I'm at Natalie Ryan Hebert. So Hebert is H-E-B-E-R-T. It's not Herbert, which is my everybody spells it that way, even my bank. <laughs> but it's, it's H-E-B-E-R-T, Natalie Ryan Hebert. I've got a website, natalieryanhebert.com. I'm on Facebook. I have the Red Tent program. If you search that Red Tent for PMDD, you'll find find me. I'm on the internet. Yeah. I'm sure you're there. And then I
0: will have everything on my website. I just launched a new website, which is nice and organized. And we'll also have it in in the show notes. So thank you very much again. And I'm looking forward to our our follow-up podcast. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Doreen. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Until next time, thank you for joining me once again for another episode. Uh, we'll have a lot more exciting things coming up and keep your comments and messages coming to me about what you want to hear more about because that helps me to, um, find the best guests and make the best episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to give yourself permission and know that you are not alone. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reviews are always appreciated. And you can reach me by email at it's not a crisis at Gmail, Instagram, it's not a crisis podcast, and please join our Facebook group as well. Until next time, just remember, it's not a crisis.